coverage begins Saturday at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN. Presented by Dr. Pepper. Under the Hood. With Jonathan Hood. Tim crushes this ball. He throws the bat. The ball goes flying. It is gone. Under the Hood, behind the scenes, nobody really sees. Hey, I'm hot. Jonathan Hood. I'm hot. Rubisky, Robinson, Allen Robinson, touchdown Bears! Back with the interception, and Mack will take it all the way in for a touchdown. A lot of this is behind the scenes or under the hood. The mark in it. Oh! He didn't come for the massage, he came for the fight show. Oh, baby. Woo! Jonathan Hood. Oh, man. Put a body on that man, please. Breaks the hole. Swift got running room. Swift got to go. 30, 20, 10. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. I'm the man. Weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. What's up, what's up? And welcome in. You're listening to Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Weeknights at 7 here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. With open phone lines for you at 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776. That's our telephone number. Hit me up on Facebook, facebook.com. Look for the Jonathan Hood podcast page as well as on Twitter, twitter.com, tweetjhood. We broadcast live from our first Midwest Bank studio. It's the way banking is supposed to be. We will find out who the pettiest of the sports weekend is. Some look for the funniest thing of the sports weekend. Some look for the weirdest thing of the sports weekend. We look for the pettiest story of the sports weekend. We put them on the petty train and send them away. We've got tickets to give away here this hour. If you're a Cubs fan, stay by your listening advice and how you can win. Okay, so check it out. A pair of tickets to see Miracle. Inspired by Chicago's beloved 2016 World Series champions, the Chicago Cubs, Miracle, the musical that makes its anticipated world premiere at the Royal George Theater in Chicago, it's not extended through Labor Day. For tickets, visit Ticketmaster.com or call 312-988-9000, 988-9000, or stay by your listening device and how you can win a pair of tickets. Our way of saying thanks for listening to Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood weeknights at 7 here on ESPN 1000. If, ESPN, if you're not a Cubs fan, if you are a Cubs fan, it's a nice gift for someone if you don't want to go. So you get a chance to win uh, a pair of tickets for something very special, a musical inspired by the 2016 world champion, Chicago Cubs. Great to have you in today. Hope that you're going to enjoy the rest of your Monday night. We'll keep you company here until 10 o'clock. We'll hear from Ray Flores. If you are a MMA fan, boxing fan, there was a big card that took place in Anaheim over the weekend. We'll talk to Ray about that and some other things that's going on in Ray's life that we really need to address. If you follow him on Twitter, at SBR Flores, you realize that there's something... um, a miss when it comes to Ray Flores, which we'll talk about coming over the bottom of the hour here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. So over the weekend, Friday part of the weekend, the Bears played the Giants in preseason action. And I know that preseason doesn't mean everything to everybody. I mean, you're waiting for the bell to ring just like I am, right? Bears, Packers, first game in the season. What's going to happen? And there's still question marks, not problems, but question marks when it comes to the Bears. Like, will the defense be as strong as it was last year under the tutelage of Chuck Pagano? 
We talked to Alex Brown in our last hour. You can go to the Under the Hood podcast if you missed it. It was in our last hour. Alex Brown was on for an extended amount of time talking about what his Bears teams went through when they had to switch defensive coordinators and how the Bears were a top five defense. And the following year, they kind of toppled down to like a top 25 defense. And so is that going to happen with this Bears team, even based on its personnel? Does That's a question mark. It's not a negative. You're just trying to figure out what's going to happen, right? The kicker situation, which we're going to get into in a little bit, about what's going on with the kickers. Eddie Pinheiro, for now, you can raise his hand and say he's the winner as they cut my guy, Fry. Fry being let go on Sunday. And by the way, even with Pinheiro being the kicker, for now, the kicker of record, I guess you could say, uh, he may not be the kicker when the season starts because they're going to bring somebody else in because they're not even sure, So, right? But offensively speaking, the biggest question mark across the country and here in Chicago is, what does the offense look like under another year of Mitch Trubisky and Matt Nagy? And I was thinking about the Friday game, and I knew that most of the starters weren't going to play, especially on the offensive side of the football, because that's not how Nagy rolls. We, we learned this last year where we want to see some of the starters for at least a series or two in each preseason game, and that wasn't going to happen. In the Giants game against the Bears on Friday, you saw a lot of Chase Daniel. Maybe too much Chase Daniel. But nevertheless, Trubisky wasn't out there. But you know who's out there? Who was out there was Eli Manning. And if you're going to pick certain quarterbacks that probably shouldn't play in the preseason, if you're going to choose that, you probably say Eli Manning. A guy that's going to go to the Super Bowl, who's been to the Super Bowl twice, and is going to go to the Hall of Fame. So what, what, you know, why is Eli out there? Maybe it was a favor from the Maras, the owners for the Giants, because the Maras, they love Eli Manning. That's why he's going to start even in a rebuild situation with the Giants. But let's focus on the Bears for a second, and let's focus on everybody else in the NFL. Trubisky was not out there, but you know who's out there this weekend playing in exhibition play? Quarterbacks like Josh Allen. You say, well, Buffalo stinks. He should be out there learning, right? Cool. Sam Darnold was out there. Jets still have some ways to go. Oh, yeah, Sam Darnold was out there. He started. So those two guys, both of them second year in the offense. Yes. Mitch Trubisky, second year in the offense. And that is correct, Eric. Ring the bell. That is correct. But what about these names, right? What about veterans like Matt Ryan from Atlanta and Russell Wilson from Seattle and Kirk Cousins from Minnesota and Deshaun Watson from Houston and Pat Mahomes, the the guy that's on the cover of Madden. And what about Marcus Mariota, who might be on his last legs in Tennessee? Who knows? What about Jameis Winston, who's been there and done that with Tampa? See, the point is, is that I can't lay out, well, these are teams that are bad, so this is why these quarterbacks play. No, no. Even Garoppolo was out there for San Francisco, right? So, so here's the thing. I'm not saying that Nagy doesn't know what he's doing. I'm not saying that Nagy's doing this wrong, but I'm just laying out facts for you as we talk about the Bears with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. When we look at the young quarterbacks and veteran quarterbacks that are out there just to get acclimated with the offense, whether they score or not, whether it's a field goal, touchdown, doesn't matter. They were out there in front of a crowd just trying to get things going with their offense. Now, internally, for a team, that might mean something. Like, hey, you look at this guy. He's out there. He's not worried about injury. He's out there playing. Two schools of thought. 
It could be the bubble wrap situation that is really a plaguing sports. The bubble wrap situation is we can't play these players in games that don't mean anything. Let's wrap them in bubble wrap and put them on the sidelines and make sure they don't get hurt. I love the precautionary of we have to make sure that they don't get hurt as if they can't get hurt at home. Like they can't get hurt in practice. They can't get hurt just, you know, playing around with their kids or their dog or whatever, right? But you can't make sure they don't get hurt. Or is Nagy holding back from all of us seeing where the offense really is? See, you can dumb it down. You can make it a dull couple of series and not show anything. But see, what Matt Nagy, as we come to find out, he just wants to show what he can show. What he showed in that first game, three handoffs. I'm sure he wants to open it up and really show what Trubisky has learned in the offseason. But you know, you know uh, Matt Nagy. Remember this last year? Last year, Matt Nagy was trying to put, kind of implement a play where there was an offensive lineman that was doing some kind of razzle-dazzle play to help the offense, right? Well, it was called back because of a penalty. And Nagy, that was one of the first times I saw him snap. He was so upset. Like his little toy play his little play didn't work he's like ah because his little razzle dazzle play didn't work and eventually they actually did run the play and he was happy because he went back to it because he wants to be able to open it up and show all the new wrinkles of the offense with trubisky and he can't do it because i think that there's an issue with the offense still it's still a work in progress that doesn't mean it's bad it just means that it may not be ready just yet but maybe by the time the bell rings, it will be ready when the Bears play the Packers. I don't know. I know that in my position, in the hot take era that is Sports Talk Radio, that I'm supposed to tell you that Trubisky sucks or Trubisky is the greatest we've ever seen. But I'm, I'm not doing that. What I will tell you is, is that this season will tell a great story, right? Last year, I thought Trubisky showed some, some moxie and really was able to take a step. Can he take two steps to get the Bears to where they need to be at the top of the NFC? That's the question. Here's Matt Nagy. So my biggest thing is I'm trying to do what's best for the Chicago Bears, and every team is different, and that's that's okay. You know, all teams are different. E- each uh, each coach has their own plan with their own team as far as where they're at depth-wise. We love where we're at right now in regards to our starters. We feel really good about it. And um, we're able to say that for us to be able to have a con- – for instance, the other night having a controlled um, scrimmage. Uh, playing a, a full, a full, uh, a full game for our, our starters was good. It was good for them. And so that's our, that's our role. And then on top of that, it gives us a chance to be able to, um, check out the depth of our backups and then see where they're developing. But overall, I think every team's different and, but we're just trying to do what's best for us. Also, Matt Nagy was talking about uh, a number of other things, including what's happening with the kicking situation. Is the kicking competition over as they waived Elliot Fry? We ended up uh, making a move today at kicker, and we went ahead and released Elliot Fry. Uh, Ryan and I had a, a discussion with him uh, this morning, and so we just want to we want to wish him the best. We appreciate uh, everything that he's done since he's been here. Uh, Actually, you know, both kickers for us have done a really good job at, at really competing. Uh, it was it wasn't an easy decision for us, but we do appreciate. It. And they've they've actually um, they've done a lot better. And we're you know the thing that we liked about both of them was they both did a lot better than than where we thought they were in OTAs. You know, so um, it wasn't it was collaborative between all of us as a as a group. Um, Ryan, myself, and, and obviously our, our special teams coaches. So uh, we wish 
Elliot the best, and uh, you know we'll move forward here with Elliot, or excuse me, with uh, Eddie. Why now? Why? He's bare. Well, I think the biggest thing is what what it enables us to do now uh, with two preseason games left is get more more um, kicks, essentially, whether that's in practice. Um, now you're not splitting reps in the in the preseason game. So you, and then and then I think too, there's a little bit of the mental mindset as well for 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 you know for Eddie to understand that and, and know that you know these next two games will be be great for him to get out there and get some good reps and and uh, the volume will pick up a little bit for him. Yeah, but is the kicking competition over? These bears. Ugh. Is the competition over kicker, between it? those two? Yeah, yeah. Uh, can you bring in another kicker? Or, so. You know, like any position, we're always going to be looking for the best. So I think the, for Eddie, though, he needs to understand that we, we feel really good with where he's at. And now he hasn't, you know, he's never, he's never kicked in an NFL game before. So it, that could go a couple different ways. Uh, it could, it could go really good. It could go really bad. We don't know that answer, but for right now, we're, we feel good with where he's at. We want him to just keep, uh, you know, keep kicking like he's been and, and uh, but we're always we're always going to keep that thing open, and not just at that position, every position until we make that final fifty-three. These bears. Oh. So thoughts there from Matt Nagy, the head coach for the Bears, Jonathan Hood, on ESPN One Thousand, the ESPN app. So you're wondering about the offense? How does the offense work? You want to find out if the defense will be able to stand pat, or be even better, or take a step backwards this upcoming season? And also, you're concerned about the kicking game. It can't be like it was last year. It's got to be much better. It's not going to be Robbie Gold solid, but it's going to have to be something a lot better than we saw last year, right? So Jeff Dickerson and I, that hosts Dickerson and Hood weekends here on ESPN 1000, Saturdays and Sundays at 3 p.m., you can catch the Dickerson and Hood show. We were talking yesterday about, of all things, the kickers. Who wins the NFC North this year? The Bears. Bears. The team that we're overlooking that could really be good, that we aren't talking about enough, is the Chicago Bears. I think another year of football under Mitchell Trubisky's belt. I think he's probably ready to have one of those breakout type of years. I know what they're doing in Chicago, and that defense is dynamite. The Bears. I think losing Vic Fangio, him becoming the head coach of the Denver Broncos, I think yeah. is huge. Huge. Now it's up to Chuck Pagano, their new defensive coordinator. But even on the defensive side, they feel that they are better. But the search continues for a kicker in Chicago to replace Cody Parkey. It's Dickerson and Hood. ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Very happy that uh, J.J. Walker also feels that the Bears are dynamite. Yes, he does. That pass defense is dynamite, (laughs) as you heard there in our rejoin. Uh, There is news, though, with the Bears today. Now the kicking competition for now is down to one. If you remember... The Bears had about 30 guys in the building in the offseason as they're trying to find someone to replace the uh, morning show uh, appearing Cody Parkey, who was released after the double doink miss against the playoffs last January in the uh, in, against the Eagles at Soldier Field. So the Bears today waived Elliot Fry. He was one of their two kickers, along with Eddie Pinheiro, who was with the Raiders last year, never kicked in a regular season game. The Bears traded for him. It was Pinero and it was Fry. Now it's just Pinero and Jonathan, a kicker to possibly be named later. Because if you don't think the Bears are still looking out for kickers on the outside, 
You're sorely mistaken. It's Pinheiro's job for now, the final two weeks of the preseason. But if a better option becomes available, they're going to they're pounce on it. It is significant to be able to find the right kicker because of what you laid out. It was an opportunity for the Bears to win that game against the Eagles, and Cody Parkey missed a kick. So of his because of his inconsistency, there had to be a battle. And this was a different type of battle to find out who was going to be the kicker, right? This was different than most battles for kickers that you've covered. When I went to rookie minicamp for the Bears after the draft back in May, there were nine kickers. Nine now, I've never seen more than three. It's unhealthy to see more than three. There should never be more than three on your property at any given time, including retired kickers that come to visit, right? <laughs> they shouldn't be there. They brought nine guys in. Of those nine they brought in, they kept two, and then they traded for Pinheiro, and they brought three to OTAs and minicamp. I saw so many missed kicks this offseason, I had never, I covered Robbie Gold, who was the, for lack of a better phrase, pardon the expression, the gold standard when it comes to kickers. <sighs> this guy, oh, come on. This guy never misses kicks in practice. The, he, they missed kicks every single time practice was open. So they get to training camp, they, they release a guy named Chris Blewett, who had the best name ever for a kicker if you're a headline writer, Chris Blewett. He doesn't make the cut. So blew it, blew it. Then they got Fry and Pinheiro. They get to camp. And lo and behold, these guys, for the most part, actually made a lot of their kicks. They were better in training camp than either of them had been in the offseason program and the mini camp. And then they're, like, kicking every other day, and there's all these little things. They have a gust of silence where he can't talk during kicks. They give him an option to kick a field goal from a distance of their choice called dealer's choice. There's all this smoke and mirrors and all this nonsense and hoopla going into a kicker contest. And now it's finally down to one. But that guy said today that he knows that if he doesn't make his kicks going forward, they're going to get rid of him. Because there is no easy answer to fix a kicker problem for the Chicago Bears. Not that I'm looking for quotes from kickers very often. But I found it very disconcerting if you are a Chicago fan that Pinheiro said, well, it seems like every time I miss a kick, it's like, well, damn, you know, like it, like it's the end of the world. Well, when it comes to the Bears and their special teams, yes, it is the end of the world, my friend, because of how devastating it was for the Bears to get bounced out of the playoffs uh, because of a lack of quality field goal kicker. So I don't know if Pinheiro really understood the magnitude of this. It wasn't just some camp. It is like a major camp for the Bears to find the right guy because of what happened last year. I know Pinheiro probably feels, well, you know, it's not my fault what happened last year, but he has to understand the gravity of the situation. I thought that he took it a little bit for granted or just was very light on the situation especially based on what the Bears went through last year. It's a dire situation. Cody Parkey lowered the bar so low. Do you know that there was a game, forget the double doink, which ended the Bears' season. He hit the crossbars four times in a game. Yeah, You watched that game last year. I was there against the Lions. Mm-hmm. The next week, he goes to Soldier Field during the week to actually kick and then the, the news the news station sent out their helicopters, like the Ron Burgundy helicopters, were circling above Soldier Field. But that's that's how 
kickers are treated in Chicago. This is big news. He's at Soldier Field practicing, fire up the chopper. And then the Bears tried to prevent people from using the footage. It was a whole hilarious back and forth. But this is but well, if you really wanted to go deep in the weeds on that, the reason why that the kicker was uh, practicing on Soldier Field is because the head coach Matt Nagy did not believe that there was different wind conditions from where they practice versus where it is at Soldier Field where the Bears play. Did someone have to tell Nagy like, yeah, you probably should have him practice where he's going to be playing because the wind in downtown Chicago is different than it is in the suburbs where the Bears practice. Right. So that was a conversation that JD and I had. How about the kickers? I hope that we're all up to date now. So the bottom line is Pinero's the kicker for now, but maybe not for the long haul. Okay. We got to find out who's petty. It's time for Petty Junction. <laughs> kicker talk. It's time to get petty. Oh, we did a good job executing. Are you upset with something? And fire up the Petticoat Junction train. I just don't like you. You don't? No. What is today's petty story? Petty Junction with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. It is time for the pettiest stories of the sports weekend. Some look for the strangest things of the sports weekend, the funniest things of the sports weekend. We on Under the Hood look for the pettiest stories of the sports weekend. I will start, Eric, and we'll put on the poll afterwards at ESPN 1000. You can choose on Twitter. My pettiest story of the sports weekend is Cup fans being upset that during... Sunday's game, the Cubs went with a fresh uniform with their nicknames on the back and have cubbies in the front. I understand for some Cub fans, cubbies is a negative connotation. You don't call the Cubs cubbies because it's uh, demeaning. But for the kids that's there in Williamsport, the Little League World Series kids that were in the stands and kids watching, it says cubbies in the front because some kids call the Cubs cubbies. So I thought that People on social media and people in blogs saying that you shouldn't have cubbies across the front. To me, that's just small and really petty. Especially with the kids there, you know. Eric Kostrowski. Um, so last week we touched on Brooks Kepka being the uh, bad boy of golf. He continues this week as someone tweeted at him, calling him out for basically disrespecting the game and not practicing. And Brooks Kepka has this really nice lifted pickup truck. So the guy referenced his truck and said, why don't you just get in your truck and go home? Brooks Kepka retweeted it and just quote tweeted and said, Brink's truck? Question mark. <laughs> so like, screw that guy. I'm going to do golf the way I want to do. I'm going to make a lot of money. That's complete. I mean, Kepka. He really is. He really is. He really is uh, the bad boy of golf right now. It's fantastic. He's just trolling people. Like, so many country club golfers can't stand him because he's better and he doesn't care. That's so funny. And that is. Petticoat Junction. Yeah. So. We got two choices tonight. Put on the poll at ESPN 1000. What is the pettiest story of the sports weekend? Or if we missed one, make sure you hit us up at ESPN 1000. Petty stories that you've heard uh, throughout the weekend that you want to add on. Please do that because we love to do that every Monday. The pettiest stories of the sports weekend. Okay, stay by your listening device and how you can win. 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our phone number. We've got a pair of tickets to see Miracle, inspired by Chicago's beloved 2016 World Series champions, the Cubs. Miracle, the musical, makes it an anticipated 
uh, world premiere at the Royal George Theater, now extended through Labor Day. Tickets on sale at Ticketmaster.com or 312-988-9000. Stay by your listening device. You want to go see Miracle or win these tickets for someone, you're going to win them this hour. But you got to stay by your listening device and how you can win. Uh, we will hear from Ray Flores. He's got some issues next. You don't see just how wild the crowd is. You don't see just how fly my style is. Jonathan Hood. I don't see why I need a stylist when I shot so much I can speak Italian. On ESPN 1000. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Blackhawks single game tickets go on sale tomorrow at noon with over 20 game day giveaways, five 2010 anniversary celebration nights, three alternate jersey nights, a retro hat series, community nights, theme tickets, offers, and pregame atrium events. There's so much more. The Blackhawks will host their first home game of the season October 10th against the San Jose Sharks, followed by a series of exciting matchups all throughout October. Visit Blackhawks.com for more ticket information today. It's Blackhawks.com. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood weeknights at 7 here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. So we turn to our combat sports experts from FS1. It is our guy Ray Flores, and he's with me, Jonathan Hood, on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app because he came off a terrific weekend in the MMA. Hello, Ray. Jonathan, good evening to you from Southern California, my friend. Hope you're enjoying your summer. I am, sir. Uh, a couple of questions I want to ask you before we get into what happened this weekend, and we'll look ahead to what you're doing this weekend. I was Ray, I, you can follow Ray on Twitter at SBR Flores. <laughs> Ray, you, it's, according to this, back on August 15th, you're calling out two quote-unquote fighters that want, that want to scrap, and you said that I'm calling out two guys if you want to scrap in Los Angeles, I'm not hard to find, which is interesting because it's Los Angeles. But nonetheless, let's do this. You want to be fighters. I'll protect the sport. I'm around on a daily basis. I'll donate my earnings to the Special Olympics. I have no problem throwing down. Could you explain? Are you trying to fight actual fighters or people that are posing as fighters? So these are two social media stars, Jonathan. And I don't even really know who these two clowns are otherwise, other than them, the fact that they're popular on social media. So they had a fight in London, I forgot when, and now they're going to do a rematch November 9th at the Staples Center that's been talked about. Logan, and, L- Logan Paul, and who's the other one? Logan Paul guy and, and KSI, whatever the other, the, the other, you know, guy is. So <laughs> they, they, they act, they're, they're putting on headgear and, and I mean, they drop good, a good crowd, but here's my thing. They're disrespecting the sport of boxing by making a mockery of what they're doing. So me, being involved in the sport of boxing, going up and down the road, all over America, all over the world for that matter, covering and telling these guys stories, uh, top-level fighter stories, when I see two clowns like that that are my age, I'm like, you know what? You guys want to go ahead and throw on some headgear? No problem. I live 25 minutes in Santa Monica, right by the Staples Center. You guys want to fight someone real? How about I get in there and I'll show you guys how to respect the sport of boxing? Because I have no problem doing that, Jonathan. 
Well, Ray, I don't, I don't know if it's a good idea for you to be challenging people. Like people taking you up on your challenge. Like I, I don't think the late Jack Whitaker, or I don't, I, I don't think that Jim Lampley has ever decided to throw down with someone. Are you going to be the first play-by-play guy to throw down with Twitter hey, trolls? Uh, I mean, Jonathan, if they accept the challenge, by all means. I, I mean, I, I'll have Ray Mancini helping me get ready for for this matchup. If it, if it were to ever come to that, Ray I'll have. I have I have Manny Pacquiao's cut man who's already agreed that he would be my cut man if this were to ever take place. So I already have some a, a nice little team around me if these two guys, which they won't accept my challenge because they'll know I'll give them an East Chicago-style uh, lesson inside the ring, they'll never accept my challenge. But if they do, I got people around me that will help to encompass a good training camp. I... I, I, I... <laughs> I don't know if that's a good. I I, I, mean, I don't think Amaro Ronaldo has has asked for a fight. I, I don't I don't know Ray if this is a good idea. Why Why do you think this is a good idea? I don't think this is a good idea for you. I mean, I, I just I don't like them making a mockery of the sport of boxing and, and getting the attention that they are. They want attention. Hey, I'll give them all the attention that they want inside that very ring, Jonathan. Do you have like a, a special thing that you do? Do you have like a? Is it the right hand I got to look out for? Is it the jab? What is your specialty? I mean, well, my right hand. I got I got some quick hands, Jonathan. I mean, I feel having after you know moving to California for about a year. I'm I am in act in a very active lifestyle. Fantastic, you know, better shape than what I was in Chicago. My right hand's pretty quick, Jonathan. Trust me, it's it's uh it's lethal. Okay. Okay. Um, well, well, they got some great creatine out there in uh, California, apparently, as we talked to Ray Flores with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 in the ESPN app. That's right, kids. They'll make you do things that you think you can do. I mean, you think you can beat these guys. Well, nonetheless, um, so I want to get, wanted to get you on to talk about Miocic and Cormier. Boy, if you guys see yes. the replay of this, because their, their face, both of their faces told the story. It was amazing. It could have ended at any point, but it lasted. Uh, what are your, your thoughts on that fight and what does it say for Cormier now that he fell short against Miocic? Well, I got to give credit to Miocic for making the adjustments in the fight. Going to the body of Cormier and, and really taking the win out of his sails. Brilliant. Um, you know, the fact that Miocic was able to weather the storm early. Uh, Cormier, at the age of 40 years of age, Jonathan, I mean, just continues to fight at a high level. He just fought the best heavyweight in UFC history on Saturday night, and he came up short. But I thought both men, neither man's stock is lowered at all after that. Even Cormier in the loss still looked tremendous, but Miocic was just better on Saturday. I, I was wondering your thoughts on Cormier as well. I mean, listen, I don't think he has anything else to prove, but you know, that's not how these fighters roll. Uh, Ray, you've been around them for years. I'm sure that Cormier wants to come out on top and, and be able to, if he wants to retire, retire with a victory. Do you think he'll be okay with this loss here? I don't think so. He is a competitor. Jonathan, I've known Daniel Cormier uh, for a long, long time, even when he was coming out of Oklahoma State and, and when he was fighting for Strike Force. I remember hanging out with him in, in, in Kimo back years ago when they came to the Sears Center in Chicago. Cormier is a prize fighter. He's never failed at anything that he's ever done with the exception of fighting John Jones and defeating him because he's never done that. I think Cormier will come back for one more what that fight may be, who knows? I think logically a rematch 
a third fight with Miocic makes sense, but there's always that John Jones carrot that is out there. And I know both men stated that if they're going to fight again, uh, Cormier said, I want to fight John Jones at light heavyweight. So will he come down in weight? Who knows? But he does have options on the table. I don't see this being Cormier's last fight. Uh, somewhere on, on the undercard here with Nate Diaz. I like when when any Diaz brother is on the card. Yes, they might be dirty. Yes, you may not like the way they approach things. But Nate Diaz was on that card, and that you know what? I think that's good for the MMA, especially when they win. Because if you if you hate them, they're a draw. Jonathan, I like you. I love watching the Diaz brothers fight. I think it is fantastic that they are, you know, uh, what what they do for the sport, what they mean for the sport. Uh, Nate Diaz is an old-school fighter, much like his brother, Nate Diaz, and they just draw ratings, and you have to love their style. They come forward, they throw punches in bunches, and they just want to bang inside that octagon, and he did it on Anthony against Anthony Pettis, and he beat Pettis two rounds to one. I mean, coming off of a three-year layoff, Jonathan, what he did was remarkable. Uh, my friend, tell me what you're doing this weekend. Is it P? Uh, is we got some uh, some more boxing on Fox PBC? We do it. FS1, my friend, and, and here's what I'm going to tell you, Jonathan. I'm doing triple duty on Saturday, so we have prelims that start at seven o'clock Central Time on FS2. Flip over to FS1 at nine o'clock. I'm doing ring announcing, lead play-by-play commentary, and doing translation for the fighters that speak Spanish in between the corners. So doing triple duty. This weekend on FS1 at 9 o'clock Central Time, uh, prelims on FS2 at 7 o'clock. We have Brendan Figueroa taking on Javier Chacon. Uh, Figueroa's from that West Texas area, there, that area in the Rio Grande Valley. So he's going to be putting his title on the line in a homecoming matchup. Well, that's good, man. Well, I'm glad you spent some time. I just wanted to reach out because I, I was very concerned with you on uh, on Twitter. There, I don't. I, I'm not there to protect you. So, I mean, but apparently, if, if you've got Ray Mancini, I guess that's fine. If he can remember, who, it's you. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jonathan, hey, if it ever happens, my friend, you need to come out to Los Angeles for it. So that's one thing that you have to promise me, my friend. I'll make sure it's during the weekend that you're not busy when it comes to uh, helping to you know, detail the college football scene in the Chicago area. All right, my friend. Well, thanks so much for being with me. There he is, Ray Flores, uh, looking for a fight uh, with us here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. All right, uh, caller four, regular line, 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776. Do you want to go see Miracle, inspired by the Chicago's beloved 2016 world champion Chicago Cubs? It's a musical taking place at the Royal George Theater. You want to win these tickets for someone? Or if you want to go yourself, I got a pair of tickets right here. Royal George Theater to see the musical Miracle. 312-332-ESPN is our phone number. Caller 4, you can win. Good luck. Yo, it's the Southside's own Jonathan Hood. Weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. David from St. Charles, shout out to you. You win the tickets, my friend. (laughs) He's going to see Miracle at the Royal George Theater. Congratulations to you, David. And we thank you for listening, being part of the program here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Our thanks to you for listening. Our thanks to Jesse Rogers, Randy Merkin. 
Alex Brown and Ray Flores show produced by Eric Ostrowski on the other side of the glass. Now, tomorrow, another full show, 7 to 10. We'll get a chance to hear from Jesse with an update on the Cubs. Also, it's Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Oh, and you know what's coming about? Trevor Maddich is coming by for summer of football. We haven't talked to him all summer. Get his thoughts about college football. See his thoughts about the NFL. So Maddich, part of uh, the summer of football. And Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Oh, there's so much going on in wrestling. I can't keep up with it. But we're going to try to get it done tomorrow. Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday, every Tuesday at 930 I know nobody told you we do a wrestling show, but we do have a wrestling segment every Tuesday at 9.30 here on ESPN 1000. So hope that you stop by. For Eric, I'm Jonathan. Let's do this again tomorrow, 7 to 10 right here on UTH. So long, everybody. I said so long, everybody. Jonathan Hood. I'm so good. On ESPN 1000. <laughs>